Good morning. It is Monday, December 5th. It is five minutes after 11. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall is off today and guest starring. We have Brad Kloffenstein. I feel like it's uh, it's the beginning of Love Boat. Do you remember the Love it, Boat? Remember when you started, they hammer and, right. and Rob did the, the Love Boat tribute. And now I... I wanted to say I am sitting in for Rob, which means this show now has 50% less rants than normal. <laughs> it's true. But I feel like it's the beginning of Love Boat where, and special guest star, Brad Kloppenstein. <laughs> and there's your picture. I'm Charo. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about Apple. And they're accelerating their plan to move iPhone production out of China. This is in the wake of violent worker protests over COVID-19 regulations. It's happening at the world's largest iPhone factory. And this is a report, according to the Wall Street Journal. So the plant is dubbed iPhone City. They made headlines recently. Of course, you saw it. The workers were revolt were revolting, and Apple is reportedly looking to shift its production towards other nations in Asia, like India and also Vietnam. So, Apple is the largest, most powerful company in the world. In the world, Apple has ten times the market cap of Disney, but. China becoming toxic and Apple should distance itself. I don't know why Apple would have a problem with their factory becoming Thunderdome over in China. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a good move. And I think for a mm-hmm. lot of manufacturers, you're going to see this more and more. And some of this is because China still has pretty heavy duty lockdowns mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. And the supply chain issues here are directly related to their lack of production there. And I think just to insulate themselves, and I know that there's been an initiative from the Biden administration to encourage more people to produce here in North America, Mm -hmm. I think that is probably just a good best practice that if, especially if you're the size of Apple, Mm -hmm. you can have a production facility in China, you probably should have one in India or Indonesia or somewhere Mm -hmm. else, or maybe, you know, even here in North America. And that is just as an insurance policy, because you don't want all of your stuff tied up in a factory like this, where suddenly there is no production coming out. And even if they were producing, it's iffy if it's going to get here. That is just a bad policy. I think we're sharing a brain on this. So I said China is toxic. Um, You know, they changed the law so that Xi Jinping could have his third term, even though he was supposed to be done after two. You might recall him hauling the former prime minister out of a meeting publicly in front of everybody it's almost like he's just putin in a better suit yeah what i was the most surprising thing you said there was that they had a policy on two terms right you, I, I thought if you were in a, a socialist society that mm-hmm. basically you go a, as a long as you want yes exactly you yeah. are chairman for life until one day you air quotes, get sick. Yeah. Well, since COVID, China's become less friendly to do business with. And to your point, Brad, they're not reliable because they keep shutting their country down. Um, And, you know, there's still the possibility that they might invade Taiwan. So Apple should leave. But, but I doubt it is solely based on a human rights violation decision only. I mean, they're not going to make a decision like this 
just for one reason. No. It's going to have multiple no, prongs. No, five bucks an hour is the reason. Apple's market cap is $2.3 trillion. So when I mentioned they're the biggest, most powerful company in the world, that's what $2.3 trillion will so, do for you. So they could buy Elon Musk and Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know about. Uh, hopefully, Elon won't uh, won't go down that road. But the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, was recently asked a lot of questions by a reporter, and he didn't want to answer a single one of them. The Chinese people's right to protest. Do you have any reaction to the factory workers that were beaten and detained for protesting COVID lockdowns? Do you regret restricting airdrop access that protesters used to evade surveillance from the Chinese government? Do you think it's problematic to do business with the Communist Chinese Party when they suppress human rights? Not a one. Not a peep. Was he even present for that? (laughs) He was. They were actually walking down the same side of the hallway. And when she just kept going and asking, he actually went to the other side of the hallway to just get away from her. He didn't want to answer any of the questions. And I've heard a lot of people saying that the Democrats have their own MAGA, only theirs stands for Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Amazon. Yeah. Well, the the whole airdrop feature I find fascinating and interesting just because that does circumvent the tower. Mm-hmm. And the Chinese people were using that to their advantage to communicate without having to be censored by right. the Chinese government. Without being online. And obviously the Chinese government leaned on Apple and said, shut that feature off. Mm-hmm. And it was gone. So let's fire up the Wayback Machine and get a little comic relief from Ricky Gervais. It's somewhat hypocritical because he is one of the people that he's ripping on. But here he gave his opinion on Apple a few years ago and he gave the woke mob a heads up. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? uncomfortable (laughs) they all sat there laughing knowing full well that he was speaking the truth oh absolutely he is yeah if saudi arabia wanted to get into something like that they're already doing it with sports but Mm -hmm. yeah they they, they would all sell out in a second you know what you mentioned saudi arabia and they just recently put an offer out to uh cristiano ronaldo world famous soccer player for 207 million dollars to go play over there that's interesting because he is at the tail end of his career. You think so? He's still in it. He's still in the World Cup. Him and Messi, their teams that's, are still in it. That's true. He's still in it. Um, how old is he? He's got to be mid thirties. Mid thirties. Mid thirties. Yeah. So, yeah. Although they're off, they're throwing a lot of money at a lot of golfers in mm-hmm. particular. Right. But, with the um, LIV tournament. Yeah, I'm curious what their end game is on this. They seem to have the sports strategy. Much like maybe Indianapolis did 50 years ago. Uh, I think their end game is to make as much money as possible, and they're banking that Ronaldo will bring in more than the $207 million that they're offering him. It is 13 minutes after 11, and uh, 
it was Sunday morning, so all the uh, Sunday morning news programs were on, and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy was on Fox Sunday morning. He was talking about, uh, well, a lot of different things. He was talking about national security, and one of the things that he brought up was the need to lift the vaccine mandate for the military. And we're working through what is the NDA, the National Defense Bill. Um, we will secure lifting that vaccine mandate on our military because what we're finding is they're kicking out men and women that have been serving. People aren't, they're not meeting their recru- recruitment. I had a conversation with the Secretary of Defense even last night. But come next week, you'll see that we've been able to. And that's the first victory of having a Republican majority. And we'd like to have more of those victories, and we should start moving those now. Mm-hmm. He wants to be speaker, and this is a softball, something that easily every Republican can get behind. I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> Trust in the military has fallen. Recruitment has fallen. We'll quit making it so hard. <laughs> and he yes. said this is a, a victory for the Republicans, and we'd like to see more of that. Yeah, we all would. Yeah. We all would. Yeah, that, that's pretty universal. Yeah. Uh, also on ABC News, uh, George Stephanopoulos confronted the House Democratic leader, Hakeem Jeffries, over what many Republicans are calling election-denying rhetoric. And uh, he really, he didn't, he kind of didn't let him get away with anything. This is uh, after Mitch McConnell called Hakeem Jeffries an election denier. They had a pretty stinging welcome from Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell on Thursday. He took to the Senate floor and said this. The newly elected incoming leader of House Democrats is a past election denier who basically said the 2016 election was, quote, illegitimate and suggested that we had a, quote, fake president. Suggesting equivalence there with Donald Trump. What's your response? Well, you know, it's unfortunate that Republicans have chosen to focus on me. House Democrats are going to focus on solving problems for the American people. But you you did say that history will never accept Donald Trump as a legitimate president, and and the Republicans are making quite a big issue out of that. What is your response? Well, here's the Republican playbook. Facts don't matter. Hypocrisy is not a constraint to their behavior. And in many cases, they believe that shamelessness is a superpower. My view of the situation has been pretty clear. I supported the certification of Donald Trump's election. I attended his inauguration, even though there were many constituents and others across the country pushing me and others to do otherwise and found ways to work with the Trump administration, being the lead Democrat in negotiating historic criminal justice reform. That track record speaks for itself. At the same time, I will never hesitate in criticizing the former president. I think I'm in good company there throughout the world. Okay, so he is the House Democratic leader, and he's saying there's a real risk that the new GOP majority in the chamber will be hijacked by extremists. Kind of like Twitter was hijacked. (laughs) Yes. Speaking from experience, are we? Funny how this all comes around. Um, I wish people would stop talking about, yeah, well, A, Stop denying election results. All you're doing is undermining the foundation of our republic. And and you're making people think that there's something nefarious going on when there probably isn't. Sometimes your person just loses. Mm-hmm. So every time there's an election, you're going to have a winner and multiple losers. And you know what? It's not always going to go your way. Mm-hmm. Suck it up. Yeah, but sometimes you have a social media platform 
working on your behalf as well. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. And along those lines, James Comer had something to say about that, that uh, President Biden is compromised. Thank goodness for Elon Musk. He's definitely the Grinch that stole the Christmas for the Democrat National Committee. And what he's showing here is evidence that the Biden campaign uh, colluded with big tech to suppress a story that we now know is 100% true. The, the problem the Democrats should have is why were they so scared of the laptop story? And that the answer, Maria, is because the laptop proves evidence that not only did Joe Biden lie to the American people about his involvement with his family's influence peddling and shady business, it also proves that Joe Biden was a part of those shady business deals. And that's something every American should be concerned about. Okay, so the Twitter files on the Hunter Biden story is just one example of why the House Republicans hope to investigate the Biden family international business dealings. And finally, we're going to uh, end this segment with this. The French president, uh, Emmanuel Macron, was on 60 Minutes, and this was fresh off of his state dinner with Biden. It was really interesting. Uh, he was interviewed before he went to the state dinner, and he had not a lot of positive things to say about the Inflation Reduction Act and how it was hurting trade agreements with the EU. And then he met for two hours in the Oval Office with Biden. And then post, they interviewed him again. And he was much friendlier about it and talked about how they came to terms. So I'd be really curious to know what sort of a sales job Joe Biden did on him to get him to completely go from one direction to the other. But one thing he did say during the interview was that Putin should not be isolated. And Biden, Joe Biden, recently said that he is open to meeting with Putin. Look, there's one way for this war to end, the rational way. Putin to pull out of Ukraine, number one. But it appears he's not going to do that. He's paying a very heavy price for failing to do it, but he's inflicting incredible, incredible carnage on the civilian population of Ukraine, bombing nurseries, hospitals, children's homes. It's sick what he's doing. But the fact of the matter is, I have no immediate plans to contact Mr. Putin. Mr. Putin is, let me choose my words very carefully. I'm prepared to speak with Mr. Putin if, in fact, there is an interest in him deciding he's looking for a way to end the war. He hasn't done that yet. If that's the case, in consultation with my French and my NATO friends, I'll be happy to sit down with Putin to see what he wants, has in mind. It is 20 minutes after 11. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. So Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's documentary trailer for Netflix was released over the weekend and it showed a lot of personal pictures of the couple, including their couple milestone events, their wedding, Meghan's pregnancies with the children. And uh, do you have any interest at all about watching this documentary? 
whether or not I have any interest has no bearing upon whether or not I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> oh, right. Someone else in your house yes. might have interest in watching it. So it's dominating pop culture, and it's only the trailer. Now, we had mentioned- Just pe- the trailer. We had mentioned people who are willing to sell out a lot mm-hmm. to others. Um, Harry and Meghan, I'm looking at you squarely mm-hmm. in the eye. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. Between the Duke of York- the Queen passing away. <laughs> can I, can I can New I King Charles, yeah. I can't listen to the station here, Duke of, without Spendingburg. Oh, you I was going to say Duke of Spendingburg. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm talking about Andrew. Yeah. Um, that gross fella. Uh, but between him and the Queen passing and Charles becoming king and William and Kate taking their visit here to the U.S. and now this documentary, it's the royals who claim to want selective privacy, but they can't stay out of the news. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, it's unfortunate that you're born into that family. However, mm-hmm. yes, they moved to the United States to get away from that. They have now opted back in. I don't want to hear about their troubles. <laughs> oh, poor them. Yeah. If, you know what? If you don't ever want to be heard from again, get on the back of a garbage truck <laughs> and, and get an actual real job where you have some manual labor and you're tired every night. Then we'll never hear from you again. I'll watch the documentary. Yeah, I probably will. I, yeah, you you probably you might be forced <laughs> to. I would do it by choice, uh, just mostly out of sure curiosity, not because I'm idolizing them or think they're all that. I'm just curious. It, what, it, what do they have to say? It's kind of like the is, Kardashians is getting all of this attention. I mean, when the trailer is dominating pop culture, it makes me you know what's the fascination here? I, I think you all. Especially doing what we do, mm-hmm. we almost have to watch it yeah. just because so many other people are going to be talking about it. Yeah. You you need to be able to chime in and at least have some answer and something to, to input on. Be aware of what right. it's all about. You know who else uh, can't stay out of the news no matter how hard he tries is uh, Kanye West. <laughs> of course, we had lengthy conversations last week about his appearance on InfoWars with Alex Jones and his tirade about his feeling feelings towards Hitler and he also posted recently on Instagram because he can on Twitter because he has been banned. He, he was reinstated and then blocked again um, but then this Jewish UFC fighter Nathan Levy had a message and an invitation for Kanye I know you you represent Israel and everything like that. There's obviously been a lot of talk in the mainstream news with what Kanye West has been saying and Kyrie Irving has been saying. So as an athlete from Israel, what what do you make of everything that's happening in this country right now in the media? Yeah, you know, I think life is uh, too short to hate. So uh, to all these hateful people, you know, um, sucks for you. I pity you. Um, and other than that, you know, Kanye West, if you got a problem with me or my people, come see me, bro. Have you know has have you noticed kind of mm-hmm. like when he when he starts saying all of these things I feel like a lot of people on Twitter there's this big rise and now they think they can also say it because Kanye is saying it. have you noticed that too uh, trust me I've noticed it I get a lot of uh, lovely DMs all the time uh, I am Jewish it's what I am it's what I was born uh, I'm very proud of it and I will fight for it I will fight for my people in the octagon or wherever need be. Um, and I will not stand for anti-Semitism. I won't stand for any racism. Not around me. Don't bully anybody around me, or I'm going to find you. That was almost a challenge for Kanye. It was a challenge. Come see me, bro. 
Yeah. Is what he said. So Kanye loves money and he's going through it. So he might need someone, some more money eventually. Um, if, if, would you watch that fight? I would watch that fight in a minute. No, because I would not give my money to a crazy man. You you wouldn't give it to Kanye. No, no, but I would, would not. Would you you be rooting for the the UFC fighter? Though? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, let's talk about mental illness. Okay, we are clearly looking at a man who is going off the deep end, mm-hmm. and that being Kanye West. And yeah, we'll we, maybe we'll talk later about treatment for those who are mentally ill. But yeah, we, we're watching somebody who clearly is having an, having an episode who's not in his right mind, mm-hmm. and he is his net worth is now down what a billion dollars. Uh, When's the last time you lost a billion dollars? <laughs> never. I've never had that much to lose. I think the ratings for that fight would be off the chart. Oh, they would. Be. I think people would be really interested in seeing him in in the ring. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC and uh Kurt Darling is up next with the news. Malakalikimaka is a thing to say. Two thirds of Americans support a border wall to stop illegal immigration. That's the island greeting that we say. Over 60% of these polled in a new Rasmussen poll said that the crisis at the border is a big problem and Joe Biden's handling of it has been a disaster. It has been. Now, me personally, I am a tall fence, wide gate kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but America was built on immigrants and us saying, you know what, bring us your sick, you're tired, you're poor, mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing. There has to be a mechanism to allow people in legally. Mm-hmm. But if you don't create that mechanism and you don't take care of your business, then they're going to come in illegally. Mm-hmm. So it is the lack of a process that creates the illegal immigration. But they're going to get here. I mean, we have very long borders and a very long border with Mexico, which seems to be the problem right now. Mm-hmm. But that there has to be some way to say, we understand you're coming from some other country that you don't particularly like. I was going to use the S-hole <laughs> line. But regardless, these people just want a better life. I've known several of these people. It, Anybody who says, oh, they're coming here to take our money and they want handouts. No. These people pay into Social Security and they have no intention of ever pulling back out. They just want to be able to get a house and provide a, a, a roof over the head of their family, put food on the table. They're coming here and they want to work. Let's give them that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we know who they are. If they're dangerous, if they're criminals, we send them back. But let's come up with a process where we're checking everybody in, but we make it relatively easy to come in here if they're coming in for the right reasons. Well, I think Americans are in support of stopping illegal immigration, whether it's through a wall or policy. And the issue isn't so much the wall. It's the millions of illegals coming into the country. And to your point, there needs to be a point of entry and proper procedure followed. Right. And the new House Democratic Caucus Chair Pete Aguilera said uh, he well he was asked about this letter from mayors across the country wrote this letters and they were asking Congress to pass emergency border security measures. And his answer was not about the letter. It was that his number one goal is to do what? Oh, fund the government. 
Will you be able to put in the hundreds of millions of dollars that so many mayors are asking for to shore up border security in the next few weeks? You're from California. So a number of California mayors wrote this letter this past week. I'm not familiar with the letter. I'm a member of the Homeland Security Appropriations Committee, though. I can tell you these are conversations that we continue to have uh, with our Republican colleagues each and every year as part of the regular order of the appropriations process. The number one goal is to fund government. There it is. Number one goal, fund government. No, no, no. Uh, now I get it. He's with the Appropriations Committee, and that's what they do. They make the budgets. Um, but he said they only meet once a year. I, yeah, I was and they're having regular conversations. How like, can you have like, a regular? Like you and I would have regular conversation out in the hallway. And- well, once a year, if that's the only time we're going to do it, Brad. Well, after the largest fentanyl bust with enough to kill 11 million people was... Uh, stopped last week the biden labor secretary marty walsh walsh says that the issue with immigration it's not the fentanyl wielding irregulars that has nothing to do with it brad rather it's their ability to get jobs uh, we're so focused. Some people are so focused on the southern border, and that, that's really not the issue. The issue of immigration is how do we make sure that companies and businesses have the opportunity to employ people. The issue is that it's happening illegally. Yeah, <laughs> that's the issue. Again, I go back to there should be a legal mechanism mm-hmm. that can handle the influx of goods and serve people and everything that's wanting to cross the border. And if we're not able to accomplish that, that's when you get into the illegal portion of things because people will find a way that they're resourceful. But yes, it, it, and while we were listening to that, I was thinking, you know what? The whole purpose of the military is to keep people from invading our borders. Mm-hmm. That is our, like the number one job of the federal government is to protect us from invasion. Why can't we get that right? We spend all this money and put all our troops all over the world, but we cannot secure our own borders. It is 11.38. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Brad Klopfenstein is filling in for Rob today, who is uh, taking a well-deserved day off. And uh, Ron DeSantis releasing his first autobiography. So this is a clear sign that he is exploring a White House run. The autobiography is going to be titled The Courage to be Free, Florida's Blueprint for America's Revival. So, see announcing without announcing, sort of, is, but mean, the book is supposed to be out on February 28th. Well, he's certainly trying to sell some books, mm-hmm. and if he says no, I'm not running, he will sell fewer books. Yeah, so it's in his best interest to keep that speculation going at least until February 28th. Uh, exactly, when the book yeah, is exactly. until he sells out of the first run of the book. So yeah. after that, no, oh, no, I never even thought about that. Uh, so Politico did an article where they say Joe Biden is a bookstore poison now this is this guy justin frank he's written books previously about presidents president george w bush he wrote one about barack obama he wrote one about donald trump but he's saying he's not going to give the same treatment to joe biden for a, a few reasons one he doesn't want to because he's exhausted and lastly he said that it won't sell it probably will not sell. That presidential books about Joe Biden are 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 not doing well in the bookstore. Yeah, well, it, some of it is just Joe Biden and the way he carries himself. Um, 
Joe Biden obviously is not not the administrator in that uh, in that White House, and I, I can see that. I mean, it's not like he has some hard scrabble background and raised himself up by his bootstraps and became a, a, a pioneer of industry and and went out and championed things. He's been in government his entire life. He's old. He's got a bunch of people around him that are just kind of calling the shots. And he, every once in a while, checks in and says something unintelligible, and then he drifts back off to sleep. That's not going to sell books. You think there's nothing new to explore when it comes? No. No, there's not anything new. And and there's not a whole lot of people that are really just excited about him being president. And I think that's one of the big things. I mean, if you look back, Clinton had a lot of just really enthusiastic supporters. Barack Obama, Mm -hmm. for, you know, a number of reasons... There's a lot of people that identified with him, and well, and he's a champion for them. There's not a lot of people that look at Joe Biden and say, "Man, he's my champion." <laughs> he he, uh, he tweeted out over the weekend, uh, "This is the job you hired me to do. Uh, am I making you proud?" And whoo, the comments came a rolling in. He, he, he should, well, his people should know to not ask that open-ended question. Right? <laughs> and especially don't put out that out there the same weekend that Elon Musk is re- revealing the Twitter files. But Sean Hannity is predicting that House Republicans will try to impeach Joe Biden in the coming year in relation to his son's overseas business dealings. But when you look at this evidence, it seems overwhelming where this is going. I don't have the answer whether or not the money has influenced political decisions of Joe Biden. But we do know for sure that Joe Biden lied about talking with his son about these business dealings and that he was up to his eyeballs in it way more than he ever indicated. And that's going to be very problematic for him. And where it goes, it could be it could be down the road of impeachment. That's my prediction for the year. Okay. The big one. You were right about Russian collusion, as was I. Mm. Yeah, all of those conspiracy theories are no longer theories. No, Coming no, true. I, it's there's definitely plenty of evidence out there, mm-hmm. and yeah, ultimately history might say that yeah, the biggest collusion was the this the Biden White House stopping the Department of Justice from moving forward on this. Mm. But, um, yeah, this goes back Abdul who was in here earlier and we we talk often mm-hmm. it's it's not necessarily the crime that gets you in trouble it's the denial and continuing to deny and deny and deny it's the it's the lie and the denial that gets you in trouble i think biden when he was not serving in office should have just said yeah my my son has a problem and he's been talking to the ukraines and you know what we're taking care of this there's nothing to see here, but he's not said that. And with that denial in the face of all this evidence just continues to keep this at the top of the news cycle. And that's going to end up being what brings him down. It's not the crime. It's the cover up. Yep. OK, I'd like to circle back if we can uh, quickly to the the story involving Kanye West and his appearance on the Infowars with Alex Jones. And uh, just follow me along here with this. So Benjamin Netanyahu was on Meet the Press and Chuck Todd was asking if he will endorse Trump and Netanyahu refuses to answer. And so that makes me question who does endorse Trump these days and do endorsements matter? 
And I'm not talking about your friend or somebody you know. I'm talking about uh, newspapers. Newspapers are getting rid of endorsements. They don't want to do it anymore. I mean, newspapers are having a hard enough time selling what they are putting out. And if they were to endorse someone that their readers disagree with, well, that's half the audience gone. So the number's dwindling even more. But Netanyahu does evade the trap which was set from Chuck Todd and he delivers the politically expedient response unlike uh, some in this country he's he's a smart politician would you like to see Donald Trump as president again on this one would you like to see Donald Trump as president again oh god I've had I've had enough of my politics I've just went gone through four of our elections you want me to get into your elections keep me out of it would you like to see him as American president, though? Is that good for Israel in your in your mind? Well, let me say that uh, I'll deal with anyone who's elected president, those that uh, uh, I worked with in the past, and anyone new who comes uh, to the, the plate, uh, because of the bond between Israel and America, and this is not a shibboleth. This is not uh, just a, uh, a saying. It really is a bond of peoples, and it's a civilizational bond, and it's strong. Uh, I'll deal with anyone, and I certainly will not step on that um, okay. that uh, landmine that you just put before me, Chuck. Come on, I've been in this business long enough, and so have you. Keep trying. Fair, fair enough, and I appreciate you uh, asking me to keep trying. He's not going to step on that landmine. So he goes on to say that Trump should denounce anti-Semitism, and he says that he hopes Trump will condemn anti-Semitism after having dinner with Nick Fuentes and Kanye West last, last month. Let's take a listen to what he said in in regards to that? I don't know. First, let me say that uh, President Trump did great things for Israel. He recognized uh, Jerusalem as our capital, long overdue since King David proclaimed it as such 3,000 years ago. He moved the American embassy there. He recognized our sovereignty in the Golan Heights. He got out of what I believe is the disastrous Iran deal that would have paved Iran's path with gold, hundreds of billions of dollars of sanctions relief towards a nuclear arsenal. So he's done all these great things, and I appreciate it, and I remain appreciative. On this matter, on Kanye West and that other unacceptable guest, I think it's not merely unacceptable, it's just wrong. And I hope he he sees his way to uh, uh, staying out of it and condemning it. Hmm. I find it interesting hearing world leaders talk about other former or potential world leaders, but is is this the next step that Trump needs to take? Because not many people truly believe that he's anti-Semitic, but he hasn't come out and said wrong. Stop. No. Trump hasn't denied it. Netanyahu is a very skillful statesman. Right. And and you can tell just by that clip, but by him, he effectively said, you know what? Trump's not even the Republican nominee. Why would I go out and stick my neck out right. for him? Mm-hmm. He's not sticking his neck out for us. And yeah. He did in the past, well, but he's he, not currently. What have you done for me lately sort of right. thing. But I'm, I'm just curious if, if you're someone who still wants Trump, do you think that that's the next step he needs to take to get a bigger coalition? Does he need to say, bad, whoa, stop, no? Yeah. I don't think one endorsement necessarily sways people, Mm -hmm. but as they start to stack up, and especially if it's people that you and I would would look at and say, yeah, that is a very reasonable person, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes those endorsements do help when you can see a very broad coalition of people saying, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm behind this person. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, food for thought. Does an endorsement from a newspaper or a well-known activist or 
uh, someone famous? Does it mean more or less to you than someone that you know on a personal basis, a friend, a family member? Who, who's, who's, whose take do you take into consideration the most? It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not. So cry. everyone has their own family traditions when it comes to the holidays, but here is one grandma who's taking it next level. She's going extreme. So this grandma charges her children and her grandkids for Christmas dinner. It's a tradition that's evolved over the years from a tip jar now just to a flat fee. She says that this spreads the cost evenly to everyone at the table. And uh, she charges adults $18 per meal. The 12-year-olds and the nine grandchildren have to pony up six bucks each. And she's got a couple young toddler grandchildren, and they're charged $3 each. And uh, she said she's on a budget. This teaches fiscal responsibility. Uh, Everybody who comes to the table, they know about this now, and they're actually not allowed to sit down and eat until all the bank accounts say that they are paid in full. So what do you think? Is this fiscal responsibility or is this total Scrooge material? Nothing says Christmas spirit like a cover charge at grandma's. I saw this. I'm like, oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to think about this because on the one hand, it seems kind of scroogey. I mean, it's a pitch in. Typically, mm-hmm. it's a pitch in. People bring what they can. Bring a Everybody dish kind or, of, yeah. yeah. It, there is more work for the host. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, I also know sometimes when we have people over. Oftentimes, I've seen family members who will come over, and if they bring anything, it'll be like a six pack of Bush Light, and then they'll drink all my good bourbon. Well, and that's what this grandma <laughs> says is that the Dinner includes wine and soft drinks and and crackers and nuts and cheese and steaks, and it can get more expensive. And even if you're bringing a dish, your green bean casserole is an equivalent to the wine that you're drinking. So she makes it even for everybody. So I I can see her point, but... I think that might say more about how she raised her family. If they're not willing to kick in without her saying there's a fee attached Mm -hmm. to it, Mm -hmm. you know what? Trust your kids and say, listen, I need you to help out. Instead of bringing just the green beans this year, can you bring like two sides? What about the mashed potatoes also? And lay a 20 on the table on your way out, please. All right, Brad, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Casey. It's been a blast. And you'll be back next Monday. I will. Kevin, good job. And Rob Kendall is back tomorrow, and we're going to count on you to be here. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.